Hello and welcome to the Friendship News Hour. Today is May the 5th, 2021, Cinco de Mayo. I think this is the day that we celebrate Mexican daylight savings or something. Um, I'm joined by Alex Kenzie. I think it's independence from France. Hello. And uh, a lot of news to get to today, but before we get to the news, I will introduce to you a very special guest, Mr. Patrick Davison. Hello. Hey, Pat. How you doing, pal? Hey, it's my understanding that you're here to take off your shirt and fat shame us all <laughs> the whole time? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> There's a little tease, a little tease. We got a while, man. <laughs> In due time. Due time. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for being the first uh, friend to come on to the Friendship News Hour. Appreciate it. Uh, certainly not a slow day in news. Mm-mm. Not at all. You see what's going on with Trump and uh, Facebook? Yeah, I did. I saw that. Mr. Mr. Zuckerberg flexing his big old muscles. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, do you know bit. that that ban that they... So, of course, we're talking about the Facebook ban uh, being upheld for Donald Trump. You know that it was his decision? It was just him? Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg, yeah. Wow. I just learned that today. It was just him. Hmm. That's come out from a couple different sources within Facebook, that it was his decision and only his to pull the plug. I mean, I, I don't know how it works over there, but it sounds like he's running the ship, so... Because he has yeah. the uh, his ability to make that call, but uh, so th- in January, right after the attacks, they indefinitely suspended all of his accounts. After uh, a mob of his supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol, and they the claim for all the platforms is saying that he used his accounts to incite violent insurrection. Um, and yeah, like I said, like Twitter also did this. They actually banned him for good. They came out and said it that they're banning him for good. Facebook never really like clarified. Uh, what it was. So um, what Facebook had done just earlier, uh, I think it was last year, they created the oversight board uh, to review the hardest calls on on a lot of the stuff that like is posted there and like who makes that final call. Um, And I guess the board is, it's made up, it's funded by them through like $130 million trust, Uh, but it's made up of 20 experts from around the world that are specialists in law, human rights. There's a Nobel uh, Peace winner, uh, vice president of, I think it was, yeah, the Cato Institute, uh, the former prime minister of Denmark, and there's like a bunch of journalists. So I pretty, probably somewhat well, you know, knowledgeable people in, in a lot of different things. So today that they, they ruled, they are, they are going to keep the ban going for Trump on Facebook. Um, but they also said, no, 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 no. So what they said is that uh, they can continue to ban President Trump, but that it has six months to either restore his account, make his suspension permanent, like Twitter did, uh, or like suspend him for a specific period of time. It can't just keep being in, in limbo. So he's gone for good. Most likely, I would think so. Right. What other outcome would there be? Yeah. Why would you hold this? Why would you bring this community together and they go ahead and give Zuckerberg a round of applause and say, yeah, good job. You did. You did the right thing. Right. banning him. And to not, you know, to not do it forever. It makes me wonder, though, like, why haven't they made that call yet then? Like, if, if that's how, if, if Zuckerberg really feels that way. Because, like, in the past, like, he's, he's like, always said, like, the company shouldn't be the arbiter of truth. And, like, he kind of has taken a hands-off approach with it. But it just seems like since, like, the last administration, like, shit got way crazier. So, like, I feel like they just started having more and more of these of misinformation spreading, according to them. And... Um, they just like felt like they had to step in, but I'm just surprised they haven't made like a hard choice on this yet. Yeah. And regardless of the fact of they want to be the arbiter of truth or not at this time, they are monitoring their platform as a sovereign entity, right? They're not mm-hmm. influenced by any government, um, action at all. So they have to make the call and he's making the call that one, we were going to go ahead and ban the president, take the president off of our platform, and then permanently instate that action. I mean, I don't know, whatever your thoughts may be on the previous president, the impact of that decision is giant. Mm -hmm. And you could make the argument that they're a private company and they can do whatever they want, and that is also true. But what it signifies when you have all of the most powerful communication networks that we have 
all come together and they ban Donald Trump. And the one thing that really irked me about this decision is that what they used as the nail in the coffin, the, the one thing that they wanted to point to to say that they were justified in their decision to ban Donald Trump is the video that he made while it was about mm-hmm. an hour, two hours into into people storming the, the Capitol. He made a video and he said a lot of, you know, hey, I feel you. I know what you're going through. They stole this election from us and it wasn't right. And I know how you feel. But in the same breath, he said, we can't stoop to their level. You need to go home. You need to go home in peace. We do not want any violence. We do not want anybody being harmed because of how you feel. You need to make your voice loud, but go home and go home in peace. That was his message. And they pointed to that as um, behavior that was conducive or condoning to current or ongoing violence. Which, I mean, if you want to infer that, you, you, you know, pick through the weeds and, and that's what you want to come out of, fine. There's a lot of violence going on last summer and there's a lot of very important people going on using these platforms to say that they were in favor of a bunch of riots for one cause that wasn't this. And that's very frustrating to a lot of people. And I think the hypocrisy in that is, I don't know how you can read between the lines in that. How can you make heads or tails of that decision based on what they decided, mm-hmm. yet you very clearly allowed for something else that violated those very same rules to slide by unpunished. Yeah. The, the only, the only thing I would say like with, with that whole thing is, is like, I, I feel like him at that time and I'm, I'm indifferent on that guy. There's things I liked about him. There's things I didn't like about him at, at the time though. Like when this is all going on, you're, you're like, you're using your platform to spread misinformation to a lot of people that are like really fired up about the election. Like he keeps saying that the election was stolen and the election was stolen. He's take he's gone to court with all of these cases and lost every single one. So it's like, he has no tangible proof. So like he was spreading like major misinformation that affects like our democracy at a core and like puts our election at doubt. So like, I'm not justifying what they did. Cause I very much believe in free speech, but I can see, I can see like the, I don't think that video necessarily was like all peaceful. I think he knew he knows what he's doing, bro. He's not stupid or the people that work for him aren't stupid. Um, he's, he's saying the peaceful thing for sure. Like, I don't think he like wants to see shit, you know, go crazy like that. But at the same time, like he wants the, his group of people, the American people fired up that portion of the American people fired up because they think the election was stolen and it, it wasn't stolen. There's zero proof of that, that, that yes, there could have been some weird voting things, not enough that would have swung this election. No way. Yeah. I, I think his behavior is unquestionably reckless and he certainly didn't do a good job of cultivating his feelings to anything productive. It was very much, you know, uh, hellfire and, you know, dire right now. This needs to happen right now. They're stealing this election from you. They're taking away what it means to be an American. And uh, yeah, man, that's certainly reckless talk. A hundred percent. Um, but in, at the same time, while that is true, it's also true that there is a concerted effort to silence the president of the United States while he was sitting president. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, that, that, that sort of action just doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't, I don't think anybody should be able to make those decisions while we continue to believe that there's free speech in this country. It just doesn't, it doesn't jive with me. And I think it's, I think it's as egregious of a, of a move really, especially to continue to set the precedent. And, you know, if let's say, for example, this guy runs again and whenever, whenever the next election is 24 and he wins, I mean, do you keep that going? What do you mean? And I just, my hope is that it's not, it's not more public. It's not more routinely used when it's, a very political thing. 
I, I yeah, I'm I'm in full support of free speech, man. I just I just don't think that like he I, all I was really trying to say is I don't think he was as innocent as he tried to portray himself or as Rudy Giuliani tried to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he never he knew was. what he was doing. He, he, you know, certainly a reckless person with the voice that he was given and a poor loser. <laughs> Very a poor loser. loser. Well, he never lost. See, that's why he's not a poor loser. He never lost yeah, in his right. head. <laughs> I I agree. He should never have been banned, but without any real proof what was he what was he trying to achieve like like you said like during that video of while they were doing all the at the capitol what was he trying to achieve by telling everybody that it was stolen if he had no real proof i mean i don't know if you watch the guy routinely you know that when whenever he is making a statement he doesn't not throw a jab so for me it was like well that's just more or less that guy being that guy. I don't make excuses for him. It wasn't right. It was certainly didn't help the cause to make incendiary comments while you're also trying to tell people to calm down. But for me, it's like, well, you know who he is. You know he's, you know he's petty. And everything he does, why would you expect him to be different this time? But just like we harp on like a network like a CNN who's, who, who spreads misinformation all the time, like and that's 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 like Trump's thing is that like the media and this is all bullshit and they're, it's against them and, and he's he's partly right like they go after the dude for sure they they and they there's yeah. proof of it now with CNN but it's it's he's doing the exact same thing like he's stooping to their level and, and playing that exact same game when he's saying that this election was stolen from him because it was not stolen from him he lost fair and square yet it's true that voting from home made it easier for a lot more people to vote but. As yeah. a result of that, he lost, and and that's yeah. what that's democracy. That is what is based on. And sure, I mean, it doesn't take. I don't think it takes a real deep dive to to know that it's just it, it is an an egomaniacal person who has truly convinced themselves that they were they were they were taken that this election was taken from them, and you know that uh, to me it's like that is obvious, right? That is what is going on there. But you're right. I mean, there there are. And were plenty of people who were fired up enough to think that, you know, that they were capable of whatever the hell they thought they were capable of. I don't know, man. To me, it was just a bunch of knuckleheads who didn't know what they were going to do once they got past the gates. But well, sure. I still know people today, though, that believe the election was stolen because of the, sh the shit that he's saying. No, it's it, like I may or may not be related to some of them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like, no, that, for that's sure, man. putting poison I, I, out there. There exists a giant community of people. Yeah. Who believe it. But at the end of the day, I think there needs to be a little bit more of a, of a tolerance for kind of what we know and not, and not jumping to make these giant decisions without really knowing what the consequences of them are going to be. Sure. So we'll see. Um, I don't know if you heard, uh, but there's a out of control 21 ton Chinese rocket falling straight down to earth. And uh, nobody knows where it's going to land. Damn. I, I heard a loose story of that, but it hit me with the details. Well, so China launched, a, it's called the Long March 5B rocket. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. They launched it last Thursday. And it's predicted to crash back in, into Earth within the next few days. And the estimates are that it could land anywhere from a little farther than New York, Madrid, Beijing, and as far south as Chile and New Zealand. So, like, literally the whole globe. <laughs> Head on a swivel. And, um, you know, there's people asking the questions, you know, how do we know that it's coming to Earth? And how come we can't know where it's going to land? And that's because it's just hurling around Earth's orbit. And it's... The reality of the situation is that when you, when you lose the control of, of debris like this, like, really, there's, the problem is unsolvable. And so China's lost this debris and um, it was just never controlled once it was put into orbit. So See? the issue, the issue is that they have an uncontrollable piece of debris and because the atmosphere really does change in, in space, it's just hard to predict where, on, where it's going to hit. I'm surprised it wouldn't burn up an atmosphere. I feel like spaceship would be designed to do so. Well, I, th I mean, yeah, but if it's, if it's engineered to, withhold the the exit of earth's atmosphere into space yeah right, right. which means it'd probably be i don't know i i'm i know nothing about any of this stuff so was it an accident or did they just planned on like we're gonna shoot it up and 
if it when it comes down, it comes down wherever it is is where it is. Was it an, was it a mistake? Um, it looks like here it was a mistake, like it was a screw up. Like, hmm. like I think the reason that we're we're telling the story is because this doesn't happen all of the time, and. China is outright saying, like, hey, we're not responsible for the fallout of this. What? Um, I guess the United States back in the 70s had a similar occurrence, and it landed, like, in the back country of Australia, and they had to clean it up, and we didn't help them out. <laughs> so oh. I guess we set the precedent. I don't know, but they're basically saying wherever it lands, you guys are responsible for what happens. Wow. Must be some treaty some space treaty thing from like the 70s or 60s or something yeah, that, international space or whatever yeah huh wild man that's well, pretty wild man yeah wouldn't 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 that be a cool thing to see i mean god not forbid if it, it hits kills your a bunch house. of people but yeah no as long as you're far enough away from it yeah yeah seriously that would be cool so it's, I, I guess it's 21 tons and uh about the size of a school bus <laughs> just coming straight down onto earth so it's probably stupid, but if you could predict close enough to when it was going to enter our orbit, could you shoot it, a rocket at it, and make it blow up into a bunch of little pieces and then possibly disintegrate by the time it hit Earth? Yeah. All the little pieces. I say we try. Or or go up there. Spray yeah. shrapnel all over friggin' <laughs> Milan, Italy. That's better than a bus size. Thing like we just try to there. save, we just try to save people from getting hit by a friggin' space junk, and we just like end up killing a bunch more people. <laughs> oh man! This one we need the aliens to come out and be like, "All right, we've been here the whole time. We got you guys. We'll defend you. Don't worry." <laughs> Hilarious. Speaking of aliens, did you did you listen to the newest Joe Rogan podcast or one of the newest ones with the? Oh, there's a guy talking about aliens again. Oh yeah, what's he saying? Yeah. Uh, just that he's. He worked high up in, um, like U.S. security, and in the Pentagon, and he had an interest of it when he was a kid, and slowly like began investigating it. I don't know. I haven't gotten much much farther into it, but I'll check it out. Are we supposed to figure out everything about aliens this year? Is that what's going on? I thought I thought that was part of some some bill or something in Congress that they were like they're yeah. going to they, release some data. They got to release all the information by the end of this year at some point. That that was yeah part of the COVID relief bill. It was that I think it's it's coming up or yeah it's got to be coming up. It's like 180 days from when that bill passed. They had to release all information they had on UFOs. You know it's it's a really sexy thing to to talk about. And my like my dad is crazy into this shit, bro. He he once made us all sit down in his living room and watch an episode of Ancient Aliens. Nice. We were making fun of him, dude. We were just like, okay, dad, whatever. He's like, no, you gotta watch it. And so we all sat down there and watched. But it's worth pointing out that at the moment, we don't have any tangible evidence of being visited by another unearthly species right like we don't we don't hold in our hands like a spaceship or even a fragment of one all we have are like pictures of things that and videos of things that we have a hard time explaining that's very false frank okay talk to me about it because i I, just because we just because it's not public knowledge does not mean we don't have them there's ah that's what what i'm talking about now you're just theorizing about it you think that they're going to put why would the military put these things out to the general public if they want to keep that whole whole thing like secret sounds like somebody who's trying to convince themselves what are you talking about frank you're making some crazy claims here. There's, there's so, there are thousands of UFO documents that have come out from multiple countries. Right, right, right. But what especially. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, we, we, there's nothing that you, I, or Patrick know of that we've put our hands on that sure. that we or anyone else has possession of that is from another world. I've met Zach Kenzie, and that man is clearly from a different, <laughs> a different planet. <laughs> No, I mean, I, you would not know about that's some shit that the government would keep so under wraps, man, because that changes that changes everything. That's such a big re- revelation. I mean, maybe right, like maybe they're maybe they're just yeah. like throwing us little nuggets of videos so that they can whet our appetite while they they hold the stuff back. But sure. I don't know, man. That that seems a little far fetched to me. And if and also if we did, then how come we can't explain the things that we see on video? What do you mean? Well, then if we like if we held that if we had that stuff, 
mm-hmm. then wouldn't we know more than we're letting on? Well, that'd be the idea. Yeah. Deception is the best way to have any kind of operation, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's how you, you fight nah, wars. That's how I think you they tried to keep these videos under wraps for a while and they couldn't. And now they're releasing this information. I'm not saying there's things that we can't explain, but I don't think to the best of my knowledge that there's actually tangible stuff that we have possession of in whatever secret government or military or whatever holding that we're not talking about. I could be proven wrong, but I just don't. There are tons of old news articles that depict crashes from early, like 1900s, even late 1800s that depict crashes uh, and that, that they there was organizations that showed up onto that site, cleared the debris. I mean, and dude, there's there's so many reports of people that like Bob Lazar, who worked at Area 51 and different places like that, that worked in these facilities that are all reporting this data. I don't think they're all making that up. And then you have countries around the world releasing video footage and documents that prove that that they are unidentified flying objects from no place on Earth that move in ways that could never be engineered here on Earth. Uh, and, and then you also see a big boost in our technology from like the 40, like the 50s on from when we, there was a, a few suspected crashes in, in areas like uh, Roswell and uh, it, it, out in that, that desert out, out that way. And um, you see a huge boom in our technology from right after that. And that's because they had scientists in there trying to redesign these these things. And they learned a lot of new technologies that we use in our military and everyday lives. Like there's there's very detailed things about this man i feel like you're just not looking into them so you're not no, believing I, I, it i i hear you and and like cer- like certainly i know that there's there's proof right there's things that we can see in documents and verified uh evidence what i'm saying is if you could also in every one of those instances raise a reasonable doubt about the fact that we don't know and we're just kind of guessing right like we don't really know mm-hmm so we're just kind of putting our best guess forward. But wouldn't that be the idea of like our human evolution was to learn like what this really could be, what this really is? Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't know. Why is for that me, bad? I'm, I'm slightly unconvinced. Slightly unconvinced. But yet you're convinced in religion though. That's what I don't understand. How could you, how could you like believe that on very limited facts and information? I'm not convinced on religion at all. You're convinced on God. I'm just convinced on the idea of God. It's a different thing. But then why are you not convinced on the idea of aliens? What is the difference? There's more proof of aliens by far. Way more proof. When the, when these documents come out, will you believe them or do you think it's just kind of going to be bullshit? No, no, no. Like, I don't think any of it's bullshit. And I don't think any of the evidence that's been brought forward is bullshit either. Like, I, I, I believe these people and what they've said they've seen and what, you know, what I am saying is that because we don't know, then the idea of aliens or some otherworldly visitor is just an idea. And you can raise reasonable doubt as to the fact that, right? Like the question about whatever they found off the coast of San Diego, this r- ridiculous uh, tic-tac-shaped UFO that they found that moved in a way that we can't explain on video, right? Like they said, if it's, an, if it's an earthly thing, it's something that we, the United States, don't know about. That is what they would say. Yes, correct. Right. That's, so that's what I mean. They can't. They unless they, they're ready to come it. out and make a great revelation. You can't come out and say that because that alters everything about everything, bro. That that could like literally cause mass riots and chaos chaos all over the world if so, not like broken. Okay, to so the I guess here's correctly. my point. Then if they do end up proving that, uh-huh. then you got me. <laughs> I'm not trying but to until, get you. But until then, <laughs> until you can raise a reasonable doubt, like what if it's uh, China or what if it's like freaking who knows? Like what if Australia is just like super dope at this or Japan and nobody's letting on? Like, you know, it could be anybody doing some crazy shit that we don't know about. To play devil's advocate, Al, to your point, mm-hmm. there's all these other countries reporting these UFOs. What if... Like back in the 40s or 50s or whenever you said, what if there are certain UFOs crashing into other countries that aren't ours and then they're taking that technology and then they're way more advanced than us and we just don't know it. Sure. But like that technology, Mm, I like that idea. That technology was quickly integrated into like the world all around the world. So that that wasn't like just something that like the U.S. benefited from. What technology? You're saying we shared it? 
Why well, would like, we do that? Basic inventions come from that. New propulsion systems that, come that from that. That is super counterintuitive to what we would do as a as a country, especially if it was found like after World War II. But once you yeah. develop those things, you have to release patents on a lot of them, like engines for for spaceships and things like that. Like jet I mean, engines. And for like going into space engines, like all that was designed by, I need to look up his name right now, founder of NASA, former Nazi, Werner von Braun was a, was a former Nazi uh, scientist during World War II. And when we won uh, as a part of Operation Paperclip, which was a very, is not fully released to the public, but very documented in, in a lot of uh, documents that have since been released since the Freedom of Information Act. But basically, details that after World War II, when we when they the, the Nazis surrendered, we granted pardons to many, many, many of their doctors and engineers uh, in order for them to come over and work for us and help us with their technology to help us, you know, be, be excel. And Werner von Braun was one of these guys who came over and and helped us f and is the founder of NASA, our our space exploration organization. And they're they're using things that they learned from these crash sites and integrating them into technology, like like with these engines and different propulsion systems, and that happens all around the world. Like that that affects everybody. Those those are released at least with some detail, not full okay, details. Okay, okay, but hold on. So what you're saying is that they found technology at a crash site of a UFO, yes. of an unidentified flying object, mm -hmm. and they use that technology to go into space. Correct. And we've only barely just got as far as the moon. Correct. That means, because I'm sure there's things about that technology. Bob Lazar talks about it. Look, he's on Rogan all the fucking time. Listen to what he says about it. He was, in, he was put into the, the position to do that, to re-engineer things from these crashes and, and try to figure out how the hell they were using, I think it's like particle acceleration to like move and without like, like creating your own energy, basically. That's what these 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 crafts had, and he's he's sitting in rooms. He was inside the craft. Like, I, unless you think he's just full of shit, and like all the people like him that have come out are just full of shit. He gives like very detailed information in two really really good and pretty long documentaries that are both on Amazon Prime. The first one's called Unacknowledged, and I can't remember what the second one's called. But check them out, dude. I, I really think you should look at them because it come, there's a lot of information. And his job was literally to sit there and try to re-engineer the science. And he couldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll take a look at it. But I'm just like following your storyline. I mean, we know, how, we know how to propel into space. It's just a lot of oxygen and hydrogen. Well, yeah. The, the, the people that came here are probably far more developed than us. Like, this is a huge universe. A huge gal like this is ridiculous, bro. Like the the possibility for the existence of life somewhere else is very, very, very high for how big this bitch is. And there's no way to say that like those those civilizations or or whatever haven't been there for millions or billions of years. Like think how much farther we'll be in a million years as a, as a society if we don't kill each other. Like our science will be much more developed. We'll be able to move quicker and do these things uh, that now seem like ridiculous far away. Look how far we've come in like 300 years, 400 years science-wise, man. Like, it's insane. So, like, just to, like, just because we don't have these things that have been released to the, the public, like, I think that's a really, like, I think that's a really interesting way to look at it because I think there's a lot, a lot of proof out there. And I think, like, the just the possibility of there being other life elsewhere that could come and find us is very, very high. And, like, to think that we're, like, the most developed or smartest beings out there ever and like there's nothing that could eclipse our science i, I think that's that's not the way you, you should look at it man i'm just gonna say al i'm on your side like i want there to be aliens i think there's a high probability but this is something i never really thought of that you made me think of is like you just said how huge the universe is so do you think that aliens from on the other side of the universe have a, some sort of technology like how did they find us I mean, if dude. It's so, I, I, if it's so big, how sure. did they come across us? I, I can't even begin to tell you how. My best guess would be off of radio waves because we've put out radio waves since you know, a couple, last couple hundred years. 
uh, and my, my best guess would be that, but bro, I can't even tell you what kind of science they, they have for mapping or any kind of thing, radar shit. I, I, I couldn't even tell you, bro, but I'm sure if they could find out a way to get here, they could find a way to find us. I hear that, but I know you are a fan of ancient alien theories. For and sure. I know back in Egyptian time, we weren't sending out radio waves. No, for sure. No, no. I mean, they could have just, like I said, they could have just found us through their devices of their own. I, I have no idea how to tell you how they found us, but I think that they did find us, if not put us here. Um, a lot of people believe like pyramids that were all over the world kind of running on the same axis, like were somehow ways to harness power from the earth in whatever, whatever that is. Um, and they're thinking that maybe these were like even like charging stations for UFOs or, or like monuments for them. Um, you, I, I don't have the detail. Like I'd have to look into that and research that cause I don't want to bring you concrete evidence, but, uh, that is like a popular theory about pyramids. Uh, yeah, work that on that get back cities. <laughs> uh, yeah, even that they powered their cities though. Like they, there's, there's claims that ancient Egyptians had like what we would look at as today as like a form of electricity and light. So oh, you raised a point earlier about their, you know, what we might look like in a million years. And, uh, there's a lot of prominent thinkers that don't even believe we're going to be here in the next 10,000, perhaps sooner if we don't start having some more babies. Yeah, man, really, really very true. The new study came out today, uh, and it found that births in the U S have dropped to its lowest rate since 1979 isn't that funny didn't we all say there's gonna be a big old baby boom yeah because of covid yep hilarious it did not happen so yeah u.s women had a total of 3.61 million babies in 2020 uh which was down four percent from the year prior and this is all based off like provisional data from the center for disease control and prevention um but the total fertility rate uh which is like a, a snapshot of like the average number of babies a woman would have in her lifetime uh, that fell to 1.64, which is down another 4%. And that was the lowest rate on record since the government even began tracking that stat in the 1930s. So there's there's less women having babies and they're having the women that are having babies are having less babies. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, that uh, sounds like population decline in a big way to me. And it makes sense, right? I don't know. Like we, we You never hear about anybody having seven kids anymore. Thank no. God. <laughs> <laughs> well it's not a necessity anymore either you know we don't need to we don't need to raise a brood in order to make sure that we all survive and we don't need a family to work a farm i mean the necessity yeah. for kids is way less sure and, and they're saying one of the big factors obvious factors would be covid um and and they're saying that like women during these kind of things women typically have fewer babies when the economy weakens uh, like fears of them getting sick, of having to make oh, medical weird. appointments uh, and delivering a baby like in a hospital when there's disease and people all around. Uh, so they're saying that th that's a big factor. And they, they've seen this both when the recession happened uh, in the early, like the Great Depression and in like 2007, the same data shows. Interesting. Like this is an my my brother and sister purposefully decided to not try for a baby during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, I, I think that's a lot of I, people. I guess I understand it, right? You don't well, want to be in there. I mean, there's the the chance you got to be in there alone because whatever restrictions, I, I wouldn't want to go through that shit either. Yeah, for a time, I don't think that, like, the father could go to any appointments. It might even be that way still in some places. Like, the father couldn't go to any of any of the initial exams. I don't even know if they could be there for the birth, but maybe for the birth. I guess maybe that'd be the one exception, I think. But, yeah, they couldn't go to any of the other exams, which would be hard for, like, the mother, I would think. Hell, yeah. I don't so. know. I don't know what it means though, long term, um, or like next year we just start having a bunch more babies because things are getting better, and maybe there's like a lag in the baby boom of COVID. You know, yeah. Everyone's been waiting to have babies, and now that things are freeing up, that now everyone's going to start popping them out. Yeah, it could be. Could be a new boom. I feel like if anything, once everything's open back up, there's just going to be a lot of baby daddies out there, just like a bunch of random babies. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's going to be partying. Yeah. Right. Now, with uh, this said, with the with the drop accounted for, we still remain above uh, many other developed countries uh, that have like long struggled with low birth rates, uh, like Japan, Italy, and Germany. So, yeah, Japan's big problem, yeah. big aging population in Japan. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they. I don't know. So that article only really related it to like the economy. There's no. There's didn't say anything about like sperm counts or anything like that. 
Yeah, that that's all they reference. Asking referenced. for a friend. <laughs> that's that's all they reference. But yeah, man, I wouldn't be surprised with all the shit we can put in our bodies these days. I, I'm sure some of that stuff's not good for us. Um, just with diets, and they've even linked like marijuana to sperm count. Uh, THC affects sperm count. I did um, see I did see something like that, Pat, about how um, we're not doing so hot in the sperm department. Us us gents. Something to do with like plastics or something with like plastics? that. Plastics. Right? That's uh, what I thought. I don't know. I saw it in passing on Twitter. I think um, plastics would make sense. You guys ever see that movie? Um, gosh dang it! Now I'm gonna blank on it. It's about Dupont in West Virginia. Is that the oil Dupont? No, the they make plastics. Um, oh, okay. Maybe I'm thinking of like NASCAR or something. I gotta find <laughs> it. Hold on. The movie was wild. Um, Dark Waters. Yes. Oh, I think I did see that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You guys watched that movie? It. You never heard never of it? Heard of it. All right. So the premise is, and I, I gotta say, it's a it's a it's a movie, right? So I, to whatever extent this stuff is true, I do not know. But it is based on a true story. And it was basically um this lawyer had gone back home to West Virginia to I don't know, take care of his mom or something. I forget what it was. But in any way, he comes in contact with this farmer and he's, this farmer's like, listen, man, I don't know what is going on, but you're not going to believe your eyes when you see it. And he goes to this, this farmer's ranch and all his cows have like big giant eyes and they're all dying of cancer. And he's like, DuPont is upstream. I don't know what they're doing. But ever since so-and-so, my cows have been getting sick. So DuPont was making uh, the compound C8, which I think is just like plastic. It's just like a very carbon strong material. Maybe they're making like, uh, you know what it might be? Like the the neoprene yeah. that you wear that goes on the mm. like on a North Face jacket. Um, so they were making that up there. And I guess they weren't disposing of their waste correctly. And they were giving these cows cancer. The guy that owned the cows ended up getting cancer and dying from cancer. And at the end of the movie, it talks about how like this compound is in literally everything that we use everywhere all the time. And it, 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 we know it gives us cancer. It's wild, dude. It's insane. That's crazy. So, so that's probably a factor. Yeah, I could, I could see that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. I remember when I was a kid sometimes, like, I would, like, chew on a little piece of plastic or whatever and swallow it. I'm like, whatever. It's fucking plastic. You know, like a little tag. <laughs> just a little, little something. You know, like, you're just chewing on it. You never swallow plastic before? Can't relate. <laughs> eating, a, eating a lot of paper as a kid. Never yeah. plastic. I've never eaten paper. I've always thought that was disgusting. You remember, <laughs> remember that, that candy you could get that had, like, the fruit juice in it and it was the wax? Oh, yeah. I just eat the wax. I just eat the shit. Yeah, I eat the whole thing. When I was a kid, I used to eat sunflower seeds whole. Yeah, I up my mouth. I you still really? eat, I eat peanuts whole. Oh, gross! That's uh, good too. That. It's not good. That's too uh, gross. As it exits, it's not as fun. But I would imagine as it as it goes in, it tastes better. I think it's a little saltier and like butterier. Oh yeah, but and it's just easier. Pretty. You don't have to crack them open. Yeah, yeah. I've learned though after many a baseball game that that is not uh, not the move for me any longer. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, a couple wouldn't hurt, but when you're like 25 deep. Uh, it's many more than that, man. It's a slippery slope with those little salty bastards. What do you call them again? Peanuts. Okay. Is there another word? He, sometimes he likes to call them peanuts. 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 He makes fun of how I say donuts. Do you say crayons or crayons? Crayons. That's what I say, too. My stepbrother used to call them crowns. Crowns, that's what I called them for a long time. Did you? Crowns. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I used to call them crowns for the longest time. <laughs> it's just I kind of like how they're spelled a little bit. That's, yeah, it is. It kind of is. Hey, so speaking of salty, I just saw this report today that said that um, sodium is now linked to, to detriments in your immunity. Hmm. Like not high blood pressure or, I mean, obviously those things too, it's still linked to. It's not great for the heart, but it's also now linked to uh, a lowered immunity. Oh, that's weird. I wonder why. I never thought about salt. I still don't. Like, I salt my shit. Same. I don't look at sodium. 
And there's so much of it in everything. That's why I don't do it because it's in everything already. So there's no need for me to like, I know it makes everything taste better, but way better. Yeah. Way better. The best. <laughs> you ever had a bowl of like a bowl of legit ramen? Yeah. Nope. It's like a bowl where they dissolved a salt stick in it. <laughs> and that's where it gets its flavor from the salt, but it's fantastic. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty good. I just, I hate paying that much for soup sometimes, man. It's the soup that eats like a meal, Al. It does, bro. It does. I'd rather just go get like Chinese food or like Asian food if I, if I want that though, I'd, instead of having it in soup form. And I always feel like you're overpaying for actually the amount of food you get. True. It's not good for the running either. Well, oh, it is good yeah. for the, excuse me. It is good for the running, but not like it's good during running. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're losing all the salt. So you pop right. salt and it, it helps you, it helps you retain your, your like, it helps you not deteriorate as fast. Sure. Yeah. Speaking of deteriorating fast while running, <laughs> um, <laughs> Peloton just recalled every single one of their treadmills. Did you hear about this? I did, man. Yeah. The uh, CEO came out today with a, a big, we're sorry. Yeah. But even before that, um, just like two weeks ago, he fired back at the, uh, U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission because mm-hmm. they said that they recommended that uh, Peloton recall their treadmills. They were linked to uh, one death and like 40 accidents. And there's been like a bunch of reports of children and pets being trapped or pulled underneath. And the, the CEO's response was, "It's <laughs> the package is clearly marked that children shouldn't be playing around this item. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to share with you guys this video. Yeah, I thought I heard like the screen was falling off too or something and like landing on people. This video gets a little bit uh, disturbing. Everybody walks out fine, but for a while it's kind of scary. So you're seeing a little girl on this treadmill and it's just going at a real small pace. And it looks like her brother is on, on the back of it with this big bouncy ball and he puts his hands under there with the bouncy ball and it looks like he's stuck yeah and he's just staying there for a couple seconds like, looks yeah, like his arms screaming. gotta be getting burnt uh, up okay so he gets out oh god oh, and then he no. gets pulled holy oh, smokes no. so he's getting sucked body. in he's trying to avoid it i don't know what he's holding oh, on to and now he's completely oh, under the treadmill as it's going oh. Dude, this looks like some paranormal activity shit. Yeah. He oh climbs up and oh. walks away oh, relatively unharmed. But yeah, look at that. Isn't oh. that crazy? I, I mean... Yeah, yeah. And, and the CEO was like, oh, this is totally overblown, this video. Like, come on. I, I guess. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's messed up, but how is... Couldn't that happen to any treadmill? Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Also, I, I, don't, parent- I don't understand how that's any different than what would happen if you did that to any right and how many how many kids are hurt by treadmills like a year right probably probably more than we think and what parents putting it in their kids playroom like there do you see all the toys and shit around around it it. what they were in the clits man (laughs) it's poor placement i I don't know are you gonna try and fault a working parent for trying to get in shape no asshole no, no yeah i'm sorry um no man yeah obviously you don't put that right there and you don't let your kids play on it like the little girl obviously was having a great time on it before her brother got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> you ever use a treadmill, Pat, in your many travels to the gym? How many days a week you go to the gym? Six or seven sometimes. Are you like a morning savage? You get first thing in the morning and go or you go after work? Uh, it's varied throughout, throughout my time. But uh, now I'm at night. I've been at night for a while. Yeah. It's, it's just easier i've had got a couple meals under my belt and a little bit more awake dude i feel the same way with running a big run i hate doing it first thing in the morning after a day's work and i've already eaten it helps but nighttime gym is jackass hour dude (laughs) it for real is oh i don't know maybe do you have a problem getting in like all the machines that you want to get in um my gym is an is massive it's an old like department store Oh, so, so no, but, um, yeah, that is a huge pain when that happens. Yeah, dude, my gym's small too. And I hate going after like four thirty. 
Yeah. Because yeah. there's nowhere to park and it's just completely packed. 4.30 to 7 is definitely prime time. Prime time jackass hour. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. that just go in there to look at themselves in the mirror. That's a fact. Um, For the audience and uh, maybe people that aren't watching on YouTube, this Pat dude's is pretty ripped. <laughs> but no, he, he and for those that might not know Pat, he is uh, he, he's a, what do you say, a, a working out enthusiast, exercise fanatic? Like what would you, how would you put it? Enthusiast is a good Enthusiast. way to put it. Okay. I, I myself, I feel the exact same way, bro. I feel like, in a way, you've inspired me very much so. So thank you. Um, but I, I'm kind of interested. I'd, I'd like you to kind of break down your uh, your regimen a little bit and kind of tell us about, like, uh, like how you know, how, what's your diet look like? On a, you said you work out six times a week. What's your diet look like during the time? Are you taking, like, any, any kind of, like, uh, medicine, any, like, supplements, vitamins? Don't hold back. If you're better than us, I want you to let us know. <laughs> I'm not. I think L's got me on the diet these days. But, um, well, it varies throughout the year, depending on what time of year it is, depending on what I'm trying to achieve at the moment. But I'll just tell you what I'm doing right now. Right now, I, I'm, like, I don't really eat much at all right now. I eat like two big meals a day, and that's pretty much it. Um, I usually won't eat my first meal till around three o'clock, three p.m. And my, the, I'll stop eating by ten p.m. the night before. So, so you're kind of like a fast schedule. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Um, so I'll fast. Uh, it's hard at first to go that long. Your stomach really hurts unless you're like. That's why I chug water. Um, yeah. Just chug as much water as you can. You'll be all right uh, after the first couple of days, but. It's a tough transition if you're not if you're used to eating breakfast uh, or like waking up and eating shortly after or um, eating at pretty, all hours of the day. <laughs> yeah, right? it's pretty tough to at first to be awake for like eight or nine hours and not eat anything. But uh, I've been lucky. I, I've never really. I'm not. Have never been one to like get hungry in the morning. So like, I've kind of been intermittent fasting the last few years. But like I stop eating at like 10 p.m. and then I just don't eat until like three like the, the next day, and that gives me like a good what is it 14 hour, 15 hour fast or whatever. Do, um, don't you find that it helps control your hunger too? For sure, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And and it's like by, if if I'm not eating my first thing to like three, it's like really I I only eat like one meal a day. Nor, usually my first thing at like two thirty three o'clock would be like a protein smoothie. Um, which still, like, I put a lot of shit into it. It'd be like a thousand calories, um, but I, I'll do that, and then I'll eat dinner at like seven, six thirty-seven, and it's usually like I try to keep that around like a thousand too. Now I'm not like counting macros or anything like that, but um, I just try to stay like cognizant of it and like do a lot of like salmon, couscous, quinoa, rice, vegetables. I like. I had to switch my diet like back in last November. Yeah, I went to the doctor and they're pretty much just like, yeah, you're fat, man. You, you got, uh, you're, you're, you're pretty, you're overweight. BMI is not looking good and your, your fat level and your blood's high and you need to fix that or you're going to You got fat die. blood? He told you you have fat blood? Yeah. That's like how you die from like a heart attack and shit, bro. Like that's that shit's no moving slow. Yeah, that's, that's heart disease. Basically, bro, those fat, Gravy those train. fat molecules build up in your arteries and clog, that's clogging your arteries. That's what that is. I did not know that. Really? They well, should call it fat blood more often. I think people would take it more seriously. <laughs> Definitely would. So I, I just had, to, he had me like start do, cutting out red meat like all together. Um, Cause that's really high in saturated fat. A lot of like dairy, like cheese. Uh, I never really drank milk ever. I've been on almond milk for a minute, but that that's kind of what I do. And then like, yeah, I stick to like fish, quinoa, rice, all that kind of thing. What about you? What's your diet like look like? Uh, similar ish to you. I eat. I don't hold back on the red meat though. I probably eat red meat like three, four times a week. Yeah, I miss it, dude. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'd listen to your doctor, but I think if you're eating low, like, like I we I eat the meat I eat is like 96 percent, uh, like fat free or whatever. It's like 96.4. Yeah. Right. So, so I think if you're eating that, you, I don't know. You were probably eating red meat with bread and like cheese, a bunch of other double BS, cheeseburgers so. and shit. Yeah, double cheeseburgers with bacon, you know, like shit like that. Like that's terrible, bro. And like uh, eating a lot of Italian beefs here, 
in Chicago for sure. I love Philly. Like that's my weakness when it came to sandwiches. That's the best sandwich ever, in my opinion, chicken or beef. Um, um, so I, I just, I, yeah, I just ate way too much of it, man. And and I'm still, what I aim for, like what is like 20 grams of saturated fat a day, but that, that shit adds up quick. And honestly, dude, since I've switched, that's the best I've felt in my whole life. Um, like diet wise, eating wise. So it's like, I'll, I'll still eat red meat from time to time, but not having it be like a constant part of my diet has, has been a big change. Like I felt a huge change for sure. Yeah, I mean, do whatever feels right for you. That's the thing. Everybody's different. Donuts feel right for me. <laughs> so, uh, what? Uh, how did you get into lifting, dude? Like, what? What made you? Because I've known you my whole life, man. Like when I, when we became friends, you were uh, your body type was much different than it is now. Oh, uh, I started going reluctantly. I didn't even want to go. Um, really? My girlfriend. Yeah, my girlfriend at the time, now wife. She was into it. She went. She wanted me to go with her. So I was like, all right, well, whatever. I just like followed her around. She was like stronger than me at the time. I was at least we were like lifting the same weight, and I was just like, oh, that kind of sucks. But um, <laughs> you're too competitive to let that happen. So that's how it started. Okay, I get it. <laughs> but uh, now I went for like a couple of weeks and just was like going through the motions, and I was like, like you, if I'm here, I might as well try. I might as well do it, and then. I don't know, man. It's it's changed. Like I can't say enough about it. It's like changed my life. I absolutely love. I love it. I love the process. I love everything about it. I'm glad it's the best thing I ever did. Wow. For me, for it's, me personally, it's the best addiction I've ever had. <laughs> I can definitely yeah. say that. Mm, I'm still I'm still donuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like I don't I don't have a crate. Like I still eat pretty much whatever I want. But Bro, I'm with within w- within moderation, everything within moderation, you can you can do it. My metabolism just isn't that way, bro. I, if I I can eat shitty for a few days and then I'm just fuck like I'll gain weight like crazy. My body's weird. Um, I gain and lose really easily. So it's like if I if I keep it as a consistent part of my diet, I just like continue to balloon slowly but surely. Yeah, that could be a control yeah, issue mean, too, because I like totally. To smash. It is. It, I was just gonna <laughs> say, it's like, are you doing that in moderation though? Like, if you eat that way, are you just going ham, or are you, are you having like a little bit of it and then backing off? No, see, like, I, so it's probably more a control thing, because like when I eat that shit, like it tastes good, and like the carnivore in me comes out. So like, I want to keep eating that shitty food, that that sweets, that red, like that red meat, like that that's that's what it like triggers in me so it's like if i just don't do that and i work out i feel healthy that day it encourages me to keep eating healthy and then like i've lost like 50 pounds doing that so it's like i'm seeing results so it's like yes i don't enjoy i still like i eat great fucking food i have a like i it's not, i wouldn't say like my meals like i miss red meat but like i don't think that like my life is worse because i don't have it like as far as what i eat like i still eat good shit i'm, I'm a relatively good chef like i can I've, I've, it's made me learn how to cook salmon, turkey, and chicken like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely not necessary. Um, yeah. But, as long as you're making other good stuff you like. Yeah, I think it just, like, triggers me to, like, be a carnivore and just go crazy. <laughs> I can't. See that? I, when the meat doesn't really do that to me, but, like, sugar, if I can get on a sugar kick for, like, a week where I just feel like I need, like, I need a dessert, like, every day, and it's, like, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah, fight yeah. myself to be, like, no, 100%. don't do that. For me, moderation is like three or four times a week. Yeah. yeah. Donuts. But like if you go, <laughs> for me, if I go a week without like the sugary snacks, I, I'm not craving them. Same. Mm. Yeah, that's, I, I think that I, I, I find that to be true too myself. When, uh, recently, my diet has not been great. But previously when I've really like taken care of it and, and, and watched it, the first couple of weeks were really the hardest part. And then once you get in the groove, you start to like what you like. And then one day you relapse and it all comes crashing to the ground. But, um, and for <laughs> me, like, me personally, out. I'm always on the road. And so yeah. like, if I don't pack my lunch the day, I'm eating somewhere and it's not yeah. terribly difficult to eat clean out, but sometimes it's just like easier to just go get two tacos from Jack in the box and call it a day. Right. And it's like the worst for thing sure. you could put in your body. <laughs> yeah, I know for me, once I start eating bad, it's tough to stop. So it's like, 
more consistent you are, the easier it is to stay on. Yeah, track, and sure. I'll justify it by saying like, oh, I'll just go on a longer run today or whatever. Or I'll work out extra hard or whatever. And you can't obviously can't outwork a bad diet. Yeah, so I was gonna say that's just, such a cliche, but you definitely yeah, can't no, outwork no. a bad you can't. diet. Absolutely not. There's no way. Now your thing, you're big into running, right, Frank? Yeah, I mean, I am. You know, I, I, it was funny. I was thinking about this today because I was, I was thinking about posting my run today because it was just like a three-mile run and it was like nine-minute, 30-second pace. It was really slow and short. And those are most of my runs if I'm not training for something. Mm-hmm. I don't run a ton of uh, extra miles when I don't need to. And lately, I'm like getting sick of it. Really? <laughs> but yeah, it comes in, it comes in waves. It's fun when you're, when you're training because you see yourself progress. You see yourself get faster. You can run eight miles at an eight minute, 30 clip and feel great afterwards, you know, not feel like you're beat up. It just takes a while to ramp up to that point. So yeah, see, I can run in a marathon in uh, late October this year. So nice. I'll start to start training soon. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I could never get into it, bro. Like the longest I ran was like uh, 8k, which is like five miles. And it was fun. Like the thing I've always liked is just like a cool thing to do. Like with Sarah, it's like a fun, you you just do it together. It's a fun couple thing. You run the race. It's a great time, but I could just never, I, I even doing that. And that was awesome as a part of it. But like, I never like enjoyed the running part of it. And like, I always yeah. hear about this runner's high. It's like, I never, I, I've tried it like on and off for like five to eight years. I don't, whatever. And I've never been able to find that. And like so many people, like Sarah loves, she runs marathons, half marathons all the time. Like she loves that stuff. And I've just never been able to get to that like level. Like, did, do you remember like when that happened for you? It took me a while, man. It took yeah. me a long time. I had trained for a half marathon in 2015 and um, like cramped up at like mile nine and it was brutal and I didn't enjoy Mm. any of the training process. I just did it to say I could, I could do it. Right. And I don't think it was until I started, I started like counting my calories because I was going to the gym pretty regularly. This is probably like three years ago. And somebody told me like, Oh, you just got to eat less calories than you take in and you'll like slim down your fat if you're working out a bunch. So I was like, all right. So I started like tracking my food and seeing what my workouts did to my calories and then I would notice on the days that I decided to go for a short run, like it would boost my, my, uh, calorie output. Mm-hmm. And so I just started getting into that habit of wanting to do it so that I could like stay under my count. And yeah, I can kind of remember is I was living in downtown San Diego. So I had like this route that went along the Embarcadero and it was just great, man. Like it was a great, like ringing out of your brain. It, it, for me, running became way more of a mental thing than a physical thing. Mm. The physical part of running, you'll get it in like a month. If you continually go and run, you'll build whatever lung capacity you need. Your legs can take you farther than you think when you're tired. It's way more about like, if you can get on a tangent in your head and like get that running, that's what the, that's what the runner's high is. It's almost like you're dreaming while you're awake. Okay. Is that because you, you're like zoned into like music or a podcast or like whatever? Yeah, for, sh- for sure. But yeah. it's like when you're running, uh, if you're running like eight miles, you're going to know that you're going to be out there for like at least an hour and a half. So yeah. you kind of just be like, all right, regardless of the time it's going to take me, I'm just going to go run and get this done. It's going to take me a while, but whatever, I'm just going to go through it. Mm-hmm. And for me, the first like mile, mile and a half is always hard. And then once I get into like the, like the, two to like six mile mark is when you don't notice anything. There's like a real bad habit for me to look down at the ground and I'm just thinking there's just thoughts. I'm working through whatever I have in my mind and it's just like, and then when I, what really sucks is when I come out of that trance and if you're a runner, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You come out of it and then you realize you're running and you're like, fuck, I'm running. <laughs> and then you're like, God, I'm like an hour and 20 minutes into this thing. I'm so ready for this to be over. Yeah. And then it becomes like a power of will thing where you're yeah. just willing your body to move until the finish. And Breaking that the, the whole combination of those things, that's what gets people addicted to running. Hmm. Yeah. I think I want to like try to incorporate it like at the end of my workout. Um, and like just run like a half mile or a mile just to like close it up or maybe I should do it at the beginning. I, I don't know. Do you do any cardio, better. Pat? Um, not like, not during the winter, but like I'll do it during the summer to try to stay lean. 
Yeah. Um, I, I ran last year and I can relate to what you said. Like I never ran any more than like three and a half miles, but what you're saying, like I, I enjoyed the mental aspect of it probably more than the physical. I, I hated running. I'm not going to lie. Like it sucks, but <laughs> it blows, man. But yeah, getting into like that frame of mind where you're kind of just not really focused on what you're doing. Your legs are just like, you're just moving without even thinking at all. Cause you're so in your head or so into whatever you're listening to. And then like, yeah, like you, you pop out of it and you're like, Oh, I got a half a mile left. Like this sucks. But like you, I love, I love, that's what I love about cardio is that your body is screaming to stop this. Like, why are we doing this? This hurts. Like, what why but your brain your brain is just you can you can tell yourself like you're capable of doing this you're just being a bitch nah, and there it is. you, you want to <laughs> give up but like you you can you're not gonna die you might right. be sore you might hurt yeah. a little bit so that's i like that yeah, it's um, not as bad as being a bitch though exactly <laughs> and and you yeah i mean like it's you know it's like the ultimate solo thing right like playing yeah. golf or whatever you know it's not it's just you it's just you in the course, just you in the track, wherever you're running. And if you give yeah. up or you stop or whatever, that's, yeah, it's on you. Right. Complain the weather. It might've been a hot day. You might've misprepared, but it's all, yeah, it's all on your shoulders. That's where I see yeah. like the big main difference between cardio and lifting for me though, is because like I'll be in my zone, listening to my music or whatever, sometimes not even listening to music, just lifting and, um, you know, feel, got that high off the pre-workout or whatever, but I'll be lifting and like you said, you like would stop running and you're like, or stop zoning in when you're running and you're like, fuck, I'm running. I'm lifting and I don't feel that. Like I, I'm lift. It's always good. I'm some days pushing myself harder than others. Some days I'm like going for as hard as I can. Some days I'm going for high reps of low weight, but like, I, I'm always like, fuck yeah, I like this. This feels good with mm-hmm. whatever motion I'm doing. Like I, I like that, that feeling, that pump that you get, like when you're doing that. And I've never, it's never like, fuck, I can't breathe right now. Or like, like for me, what fucks me up with running is not so much breathing. It's, it's my, my ankle on my left leg is like all messed up from lacrosse and football. So it's like me, like once I get to mile three into five, it's like my body like feels like it's like breaking down right there. And like, then my mind like concentrates on that. And even though I probably could keep going, keep pushing, it's just like, ah, fuck this. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just get like pissed off. Yeah, I'm going to clip that, and the title is going to be Alex Enjoys the Pump. <laughs> Definitely. No, do, better, man. no better feeling in the world. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's great, bro. It's, it's, that, it's what I envision run, runner's high is, I guess, but I just feel that like the, the, from the second I step into that bitch to the second I leave, it's just like, fuck yeah. Yeah, and there's way more. I think there's like way more of a testosterone boost when you're lifting heavy shit sure. than when you're running. Yeah. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it too. You just feel like, like fulfilled. In it's your more like it's beast. more instant gratification. There's that too, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then like with weightlifting, it's either you got it or you don't. Like if you're doing a PR, you're just like, well, either I have it or I don't. Right. Right. You, yeah. Right. You don't need an hour and twenty minutes to test yourself. Yep. But you still got that I'm not a bitch mentality all the way though. At least I like Unless when I you left, I did. And then yeah, well yeah yeah. Of course you are a bitch. Then you're a bitch, yeah. <laughs> so. The only problem with fighting that inner bitch when you're lifting is that opposed to running is that you could get injured. Oh, very like, easily. Way more seriously than if you were running. Oh yeah, if you're you running, could fuck your shit up forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like my biggest fear. What is like your typical, well, first of all, do you like take any like supplements as far as like pre-workout, any vitamins, anything like that? Uh, it's yeah. For a lot, for the longest time, for like a couple of years, I stopped taking anything, any supplements whatsoever. Cause I wanted to just be like, this is me and the food I eat. And that's it. I didn't want any advantage or whatever. I just wanted to say that this was 100% me and nutrition. Mm-hmm. And then couple months ago i was just like fuck that dude you might as well get the most out of it and um yeah in the winter i'll i'll drink protein drinks and uh i've started and i came back to uh creatine this past winter and then yeah i'm still on a pre-workout i'll still take a pre-workout every day which one are you using it's called bucked up Mm. 
<laughs> get you bucked up. Too bucked up. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then like, what does your yeah. typical like weight lifting routine look like? Like, are you doing a little bit of everything every day or do you break it down more? Um, right now I'm just doing one muscle per day. Okay. And I'll, uh, I know it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to just explain. Cause like I'm doing what I'm doing now is different from what I was doing three months ago, just because now I'm kind of in the zone of trying to get lean, trying to thin out for the summer and like I'm losing weight. So I'm not able to lift as heavy as I was. Um, and that's a real bummer. I'm going to be honest with you, but <laughs> so like now lately I've just been trying to do supersets, which if anyone doesn't know what that is, like I'll, like today, for instance, I was doing chest. So with dumbbells, I was doing chest press. And then I'd drop those and I'd pick up another set of dumbbells and I'd do flies. Yep. So I'm just trying to get a good pump, trying to burn burn some extra calories. I'm not really worried about hitting high weight. I'm not even attempting to do like what I did before. I'm trying to stick around it so I don't lose as lose it so much. But Yeah, you still get that burn though. Like I feel like I still get a pump when I'm doing like those high reps though, like with the lower weight though. Like I still get a burn for sure because you just like keep going. Like it's not oh, yeah. like, it's different, I guess, than like when you're really trying to like push weight. But you you're still feeling it like I, in a different way. One hundred percent. Yeah, my, I'm similar. I do like I break it down to like a muscle a day, and I'll do like four different exercises, and then for each of those, it's like four sets of like twelve to fifteen reps, and like I, I'll, I'll go back and forth like every week on if I go like heavy or I'm going for like higher reps kind of thing. I kind of try to like rotate it, and I have like maybe like five to seven or like exercises per muscle. So I'm not always doing like the same bicep curl, like the same bicep workout every week. Like I feel like you got to like rotate it to some degree every week to like keep that muscle working a little bit better or different in a different way. That is exactly what I do. So I'm glad I'm, I must be on the right track. I'm onto something then I don't look as shredded as you, but I'll get there. Well, I, we can wrap this up and you guys can talk solo in here if you'd like. <laughs> Take your shirts off. <laughs> Rub each other with oil. I appreciate you coming on, Pat. That's, that's some good insight. Yeah, Pat, this is awesome. Appreciate the friendship. You're welcome back anytime, my friend. It was That was a lot of fun. Um, as always, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns uh, from anything we said and any any uh, any crazy statement that Patrick made, if, if he offended you in, in some way, we're so sorry. Um but write us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, until the next thrilling episode of Friendship News Hour, peace. Bye-bye. For Bobby.